Hey everyone, welcome to the Torque Message of the Week. We know you will be uplifted and equipped to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus through what is spoken. Please enjoy this message from our Torque Senior Leadership. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit torque.org. Now for the message. All right, without further ado, I'm going to call up Pastor Tony. And um, he's going to start the word, then I'm going to contribute a little bit. And then Pastor Robin is going to finish and round us off. So you get the full shebang tonight. The what? Shebang. Let's reach our hands forward. Now remember, this is being recorded. So when I introduce Pastor Tony, I need you to give me a big cheer, okay? God is unrivaled. Amen. God is unrivaled. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this man of God. Lord, he served today in the morning service and gave a powerful word. So, Lord, we just build upon that, Lord, what he's already built in the atmosphere. And we thank you, Lord, that right now you're going to speak through him. You're going to cut through, Lord, all the mindsets that we might have in place. And your Holy Spirit, Rima, is going to speak life and bring faith, hope and love, Lord. And what he says now is going to be your words. And Lord, it's going to produce the fruit that it's called to produce in each one of our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody, please give it up for the father of our house, Pastor Tony Cassis. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much. Please be seated. Straight into it, uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter 9. I want to give you context and then I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Nate. This morning I was talking about how God sends help in a package that you normally don't recognize or like. Okay? God sometimes sends his help in a vessel that grinds us the wrong way. Hallelujah. Everybody knows the story of the Good Samaritan. I'm quite sure that Jewish man who was robbed and beaten would have chosen somebody else to be his help. But God chose the most despised people in the area at the time to be the, the Samaritan, no, sorry, the, uh, the man who was robbed's help. Samaritans were despised. They were half-breeds. And sometimes when God wants to correct a nation, He chooses a vessel that probably would not be chosen by the people of that nation to be the vessel that God uses. I'm talking in this instance about a man named Jehu. Jehu was not your typically politically correct leader. He wasn't a man of eloquent speech. He didn't come from royal line. He was rough, mean, impatient, and he fought dirty. But guess what? God chose him to correct Israel. Hello. Does it remind you about somebody right now? Does that remind you about somebody right now? The church has been crying out for correction in America, for a correction of course, for an adjustment of the direction it's heading in, right? 
And we would have chosen a man who was presidential, a man who was eloquent, a man who plays both sides of the aisle. Yes, we would have. Don't lie. You would have. You would have because we've done it before. We've done it before. You know, we want somebody like Saul. He looks good, talks good. He doesn't eat McDonald's. And this was the case in the nation of Israel. One of the most wicked kings in Israel married a woman named Jezebel. Ahab married Jezebel. She was the daughter of the king of Sidon, a Phoenician by birth. And she introduced Baal worship into Israel. And hence, child sacrifice along with Baal worship. Something the Lord said through Jeremiah didn't even enter into my mind that Israel would do this. Isn't that a rebuke? God said, I never even thought you could do this, but you did it. So God wanted to get Israel back on course. He did two things. First up, he raised up a prophetic ministry that was not afraid of being unpopular. Elijah was not a popular prophet at the time. He was the arch enemy of Jezebel. Arch enemy. And the people of Israel weren't exactly behind the prophet Elijah. They were so double-minded. He had to organise a showdown on Mount Carmel and he basically said this, if Baal is God, serve him 100%. But if the Lord is God, serve him 100%. But you can't stand in the middle. And we have a divide in the church, pro-Trumpers and anti-Trumpers. Which one is God behind? He can't be behind both of them. Hello, I'm talking through the spirit of Elijah right now. Who are you going to serve? Because you can't serve both. You can't get behind both. You say, well, God isn't in the political process. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Now, this might be something unpopular, but it doesn't matter. Look, I'm telling you, first apostles, then prophets, then teachers. What are the apostles in the church saying? What are the prophets in the church saying? What are the teachers in the church saying? I'll tell you what, they're saying something that's not popular. But what they're saying comes from the throne room. It comes from the throne to the apostles and prophets first, not last. And this man, Jehu, rough, tough, He wasn't a smooth talker, but he was God's vessel. He was a curveball. You know what a curve, you know, you know more about curveballs than I do because it's a it's a term we use in baseball. When they pitch it and it doesn't go straight, it goes around. So that you think it's coming this way and then it hits you this way. That's what I believe is happening in our nation right now. We've been given a curveball through this presidency. It's come in a package that no one seems to understand. But it's, it's doing exactly what God wants for America. Number one reason why we have this president is to sort out the church. 
You never thought about that, right? It's to sort out the church. The double-minded church. We have extreme left and extreme right in the church. We have extreme doubt and extreme faith in the church. We have the liberals and then we have the conservatives in the church. Is God confused? Is the Holy Spirit saying all these different things? Is it one spirit in the church? I tell you what, the Lord is separating sheep and goats in his church. This is why I believe he was speaking to some of our worship team tonight. Don't labour with people who don't want to hear the Spirit of God. It's pearl before swine. And it doesn't matter what's going out there circumstantially. We are, we are speaking what we see in heaven. You can't trust us with the direction of your life and then say we're not hearing God now. There you go. Think about that. All that's happening is circumstantially what we've been saying hasn't materialised yet. That's all. I, don't, I have never ever seen a prophecy that you haven't had to fight over. In fact, the moment you see it, it starts. Moses said to the Israelites, God wants to set you free. And then they went into greater bondage. They wanted to stone the prophet. They wanted to stone Moses and Aaron. They cursed them. They said, look what you've done. You've made us now have to work harder. No straw for the bricks and we've got to go find the straw ourselves. It wasn't until the fourth judgment that Pharaoh began to back off. Now we have all of these guys who are sideliners, they're watching. I'm not going to be pro-Trump, I'm not going to be pro this or that. I'm just going to sit back and watch. That middle of the road stance, you're like that man who heard Elisha say, you're going to be able to buy bread tomorrow for 20 cents a loaf. And he said, if God was to open up heaven right now, it could never be done. He didn't believe what God was saying. You don't want to be like that. Because when the Lord starts to bring his word and materialize it on the ground, you're going to miss out on a big, big blessing. Jehu came along and he delivered Israel from what we would call a wicked kingship. He dealt with the Jezebel spirit in the nation. And I believe America has been under a Jezebel spirit for too long. And when God wants to deal with a Jezebel spirit, he has to raise up the spirit of a Jehu. And not only that, a eunuch spirit. It wasn't actually Jehu that brought the demise of Jezebel. All Jehu did was stand at the bottom of the wall of Jezreel and he said this, whoever is on the Lord's side, throw her down. You remember the story? He was heading towards the city of Jezreel and the scripture says Jezebel painted her face. She went and put her makeup on, ready to do her witchcraft over Jehu. I'm telling you. And then when she looked over the wall at Jehu, he cried out. He said, whoever is on the Lord's side, throw her down. 
And you know who was on the Lord's side? Two eunuchs. We've got nothing to lose. I can't have kids. No one wants to marry me. Let's throw her over. What does that mean? They had died completely to the world. They only had one thing to live for, Jesus. How easy was it? They just went up to her and went, oops, sorry, lady. And so I say that with all respect, right? I'm not trying to be facetious here. But if you're hanging on to your creature comforts and want God to move, it's not going to work that way. I've had to let go of creature comforts, right? I've had to have the attitude, whatever it takes for me to change, by the grace of God, I want to I make that decision and stick to it. Because I want to see my nation, this nation, get back on track. And I'm going to quote Pastor Robin. There is a rebirth about to occur in America. It's a rebirth. It's going to produce what our founders wanted to produce, but never came to completion. And God is using an instrument that doesn't exactly fit our mindsets. It's wrapped up in a package that rubs us the wrong way. You've heard the term, don't shoot the messenger. But don't judge the messenger either. It's the fruit of the messenger's life, the fruit of the deeds that are being done. That's what we judge them by. And in saying that, Pastor Nate's going to take it from here. Wow. <laughs> that was short and sweet, straight to the point, but full of meat. <laughs> if we go from heaven. I said to Pastor Robin, those two eunuchs in life were not meant to have, you know, manly whatever it is, but they definitely had the cojones to push... Push. Everybody go, push. Yep, that's right. I want to talk to you about following along Pastor Tony, something the Lord's been putting on my heart. I was talking with um, the Holy Spirit just on Friday about something that was stirring in me. And it's, it's around what's going on in the atmosphere politically, but it's also around what I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing each of you to the next stage. And I said it in worship, don't wrestle with people that aren't ready to wrestle with God. And my, and, um, my whole uh, understanding of what I was hearing the Holy Spirit was saying is, um, now catch me on this church, we're called a remnant, right? And for so long, the world, we have, we have been under the idea that what God is doing in the remnant can be sort of, you know, laid down for the sake of reaching those in the world. Am I the only one that's thought that? Like, I've come from an entertainment background. I've come from people that, you know, are on the far extreme opposite of what I'm thinking. And so I've been connected to them. And, you know, I'll be honest, on my Facebook thread lately, I don't use Facebook anymore because it's just, ugh, you know. But 
I mean, when I've posted something and I've, I've really seen the people that are totally opposite of what I believe. And so um, I've been asking the Lord, Lord, how do I deal with this? Do I, how do I hold my witness? Do I let love cover a multitude of sins? Oh, come on, I'm not the only one who's thought this. Do I, you know, what about me? If I'm called into this industry, how do I stay undercover? Let me give you a word from the Lord. Gideon was called Jerub Baal by people, but not by God. He was known as Jerub Baal by people because he brought down the, the altars of Baal. And the name means Baal shall be against you. But because of the culture of the day, God allowed that name to be ascribed to him to cover what he was doing in Gideon for his destiny. But I'm telling you from the Spirit of God, God is getting ready to remove your worldly name. Your, co- your, your, your undercover name has got to go. He's getting ready to call you Gideon in front of the face of the world. And that means that there are some people that cannot go with you. That means that there are some people that are gonna have to say bye-bye. And what I mean by that is there are some people that if you take them with you, they are going to put a halt on your destiny and what God is trying to do. So the Facebook arguments, the Facebook conversions have to stop because I'm telling you now, there's a spirit of mind blinding and there's a spirit of witchcraft on this narrative that's being spun. You won't get through. No matter how many articles or Scriptures you post, the same Spirit will turn those Scriptures back on you. So there has to be a new approach, okay? There has to be a completely new approach. And like Gideon, God is gonna let you put some fleeces out. See, God allowed Gideon to put some fleeces out for his faith. But then God allowed Gideon to put some fleeces out to see where the faith of others was at. And some of us haven't put those fleeces out. We've expected everyone to go along for the journey. And because of it, we're getting tired. We're getting frustrated. We're getting worn down. Remember the prophetic word of the Lord through one of those pictures was the work of the enemy is gonna be erosion. Erosion, erosion of your stand to erode the basic principles that you believe in of Christ, prophecy, faith, All those things are under attack. But if you go to the story of Gideon, and I'm only going to be quick because I know Pastor Robin wants to sum it up. But um, go to, uh, where is it here, Lord? Um, Judges 7, I think it is. Let's go to Judges 7. It's a good word. Good walk through the word. So I want to answer that question. If if you've been undercover and you've been waiting to ask the Holy Spirit, when's it time to start revealing your colours? Now is the time. You can't be undercover anymore. You can't. I'm telling you from the Holy Spirit, it's time to come out. I'm coming out. No, okay? In a good way. In a good way. Because God called him Gideon. The world called him Jeroboam. But after that triumph, they never called him Jeroboam again. They called him Gideon. And so um, let's read. uh, Hallelujah. 
praise God for technology. Where's Judges? There it is. <laughs> okay, so it says, Then Jeroboam, and the Bible just lets you know, you know, that is Gideon. And all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the wall of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Marah in the valley. Get this. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim the glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, I'm at verse 3. Judges 7 verse 3. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. First fleece. I'm telling you from the Holy Spirit tonight, from this moment forth, God is going to give you three fleeces to find out who goes with you to the next level. First fleece. Who's afraid and who's not walking in faith? Who's believing the report of the prophets of the land above the prophets of the of the report of the prophets of the Lord? Next fleece. But the Lord said to Gideon, again, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. So this is actually God saying, you know what? I'm gonna do you a favor. Because some of these people, if you go with them into war, they're gonna turn on you, they're gonna betray you. So I'm going to siphon out. I'm going to actually do some segregation and bring a good separation, right? Then it says, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. Next point, who has God told you goes with you? Can I challenge you tonight? Who has God revealed to you is worth investing in to go with you? Because everybody else is a waste of your time. Everybody else is just going to get you frustrated and worn out. And it's a plight from the enemy to erode your faith. And this is how the enemy does it. You post something on Facebook because this is the social media generation. And someone makes a comment and this is what you do. You go into that, oh, well, let me just try and explain where I'm coming from. Let me get to their humanity. Eh. Demon controlling mind. You can't get to humanity. I'm sorry, it's the truth. It's a demonic mindset. And until that person wants to be free, you're wasting your time. It's the same with deliverance here. You can get as many appointments as you want, but until that person walks into the deliverance appointment and says, I want to be free, that's when the battle's been won. Not in the come out, come out, come out. It's in their decision to say, yes, Lord, I'm going along your journey. I'm following you. Take the lead. I'm ready to do what needs to be done. Next step. So there are some tests that God's going to start bringing up in your life to see who is for you, who goes with you, and He's going to siphon out those that are not those people. So the Lord says, He brought them down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, 
you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. Right? Um, where am I? Yeah, hang on. My phone just went up. Um, there we go. Thank you. You got me. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go. Someone say, let them go. Well, you better say it to yourself. Every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. Isn't it funny how when God siphons out those that are meant to go with you, immediately he positions you for the battle. See, the Bible says now the camp was immediately below. If the Bible's mentioning it, it's for a reason. God had to get rid of all of the extra. All of the fat had to be trimmed off. Excuse my expression. But this is the key. We, we know when they bent down and lapped like this, it was because their head was up and they were aware of what was going on. They were keeping their eyes on what was said. Those that got down on their knees, they dropped their head. They let what was going on overtake them. So I'm telling you now, the people that go with you are the ones that are aware. The people that you invest in are the ones that keep their heads up, waiting for the next move of God. Not dropping their heads and letting the world and what's going on in the moment catch me. Because those that God goes saying are going with you are people that are aware of what's going to take place continually, not just in the moment. Because the moment changes, church. And if you take people that are only in it for the moment, those people will change when the moment changes. But if you take people that are constantly aware of an eternal thread, meaning, okay, this is what God said He's doing. This is what He's going to continue to do. I've got to keep my head up. I've got to keep aware. Can't let my head get down because the enemy might be around. Those are the people that go with you. You know, the Lord said to Peter, let me bring you up. I was saying to the Holy Spirit all week because I was contemplating on this thing. Why in the Bible, every other time when the Lord rebukes a demon, does He say, get out? But when he looks at Peter, when Peter says, no, 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 you shouldn't go to the cross. He says, get behind me. Why didn't he tell it, get out? Because he was saying to Peter, Peter, I'm going to the cross. And if you want to come with me, you better stay behind me and I control the narrative. Because if you get in front of me and try to control the narrative, that's when... You lose me. So stay behind me. He was saying that to the enemy, but he was saying it to the humanistic side in Peter because there was a humanistic side in Peter. No, don't go to the cross. We can, we can, we can work out a better way. We can work out another narrative for you to complete the will of God. You don't have to do it that way. Get behind me. Uh-uh. 
don't control the narrative. And there's some people that are going with you that are trying to control your narrative. And the Lord said to Peter, get behind me. You need to say to these people, I'm sorry. If you're going with me, get on the train of the Holy Spirit narrative. Otherwise, bye-bye. Because you're a person that when the crunch time comes and I'm in the thick of the fire, you won't keep your head up. You'll put your head down. You know, I was saying to the pastor on the way down, what God is doing right now, and he just said it before I even preached, what God is doing right now with the election is actually a gift to the church. Because you know what he's doing? He's using this vacuum as a filter to siphon out all those backstabbing people that would have gone with you, that would have got to a place of elevation, that you would have invested time and energy and all emotion into, and then they would have stabbed you in the back. You would have put all of this time building their gifts, building their character, building their emotions, building their self-value and their worth. And then they would have got there and they would have said, oh, thank you, I'll take that. So the Lord is using a plumb line to say, right, this is the one that goes with you. Nope, sorry, you're a part of the 22,000. You're not a part of the 300. And this is important because the enemy wants to get in front of you with people and their opinions and always control the narrative. So I got some steps for you. I'm a steps person. I'm going to throw you the process because that's my anointing. These are signs that people should not go with you. All right? When someone is in, um, engaging in speculation versus legislation, God's people will never speculate. They will always legislate. If someone is engaging in segregation because of what you believe, I'm not talking just about the election. I'm talking about anything. Your stand, your character, your stand for the Lord. If someone is segregating you because of something, it's a sure sign from the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, they're not a part of those 300. And don't waste your time. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, I'll be like, oh, stuff you. Because that's what you want to do. No, you just need to say, I'm sorry, but this is where you and me, I have to let you go. You know, I have to let you go so that God can get you. Because if I hold on to you, I'm standing in the way of the Lord. Next one. If someone is asking you to engage in imitation, imitate me, think like me, do what I do, do what we do, be like us. Don't, don't stand out from the crowd. That's what the Midianites were doing. They wanted to wear down. The Canaanites did it too. They would always get in the Israelites' face and be like, join us. They would, you know, the, the attack um, um, tactic of the Canaanites was very, very strategic. Other companies and other peoples would attack head on. But the Canaanites, they would camp. They would make camp deliberately for months around the Israelites so that as the Israelites were going throughout, you know, walking throughout, they could see the Canaanite camp and they could see the Canaanites' beautiful women and beautiful children and them enjoying life and, you know, having good food and good parties and they would be eroding their faith. 
Who's asking you to be an imitator and not an instigator? Another one. Accusation. If someone is constantly accusing you, throwing accusation at you, what does the Holy Spirit want you to do? Meet it with indignation. Authority. Don't try to reason with humanity. You can't reason with a demon. Okay, this is really important. Intimidation. Mm. If someone is, if you're constantly feeling like you're intimidated by something or someone in this person, you need to go back to the Holy Spirit and you need to reassess. Because you need to be able to say to that person, sorry, stay behind me. If you're going with me, I really get that from the Holy Spirit. The Lord was saying to Peter, if you're going with me to the cross and where I'm going, you stay behind. I take the lead. Don't, Don't lead me. I lead you. Okay? I hope this is helping someone. Okay? And finally, if something is trying to dissuade you, from what God is getting you to concentrate on. And by dissuade, I mean pull your focus. Make it about something that the Lord is not making it about. There are some people that are being used specifically by the enemy in your pathway. And you've got to pray the prayer that Pastor Robin gets me to pray all the time when we have this attacking our family. Lord, show me, right? What wells I'm to drink from? And any wells in these relationships that are not from you, dry them up. Because you don't want to be drinking from a well that's not Holy Spirit originated. Okay? Because I'm telling you, those people that you let do this to you, they're halting what God wants to do in you. Again, I remind you, what God is doing in the remnant is so important. He will not sacrifice it for anything. Let me say that again. What He's doing in you as a remnant is so important. Now, God so loved the world, but Christ loves the church. Hear what I said. Christ loves the church and lays down His life for it. God so loved the world. Now, I'm not saying Jesus doesn't love the church, but there's a remnant, there's a bride that Jesus Christ is coming back for. And what God is doing in that remnant to become the bride, He will not let the world contaminate. So He will let you go through some rejection. He will. I've experienced it. God will let you experience rejection. And at the time you will feel like it's because of this and it's because of that and it's because I'm not talented enough or it's because I said this and it's because they have so much, you know. It's nothing to do with that. It's a step. It's a process to whom God is showing you right. They go with you. And if you start to look at rejection in a different way, you'll actually begin to become more authoritative in your stand and see it. Wow, okay, I'm at that step. Wow, Lord, you're really weeding out some things in my life. And you're actually preventing me from being sucked dry. Serious. 
I'm telling you now, if you can't put down your phone without feeling intimidated, sucked dry, if you look at Facebook and Instagram and all these places and you get a sense of, you know, a vexing in your spirit, there's something wrong. You're giving it too much say. You're giving it too much power. You're letting them control the narrative. You've got to say, I'm sorry, get behind me. If you're going with me, I'm staying with what I know God said. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but the Lord has to wean you off. Now, I know this is a hard word, but this is a word that's needed for the church. Because like pastor said, we shouldn't have right and we shouldn't have left in the church. We should just have the church. We shouldn't. Dutch Sheets said it. Dutch Sheets said if we had been the church from the get-go and stopped trying to meet everyone, you know, where they're at maybe in the sense of, you know, well, let me break it down for your understanding. Let me make it a little bit more like, you know, chewable for you. Let me give you the humanistic side. Let's bring, let's bring truth down to meet your experience. Then we would have never had the polarisation of the church. But because we've degraded truth from where it stands as a standard, now we've got people saying, well, this is my truth. And this is my truth. That truth doesn't line up with my experience. So therefore, it's not my truth. So I don't believe in it. I'm sorry, truth is not relative. It doesn't change based on how it relates to your life. It's truth because it's Jesus Christ. He is truth. He doesn't change. So truth is not relative. And truth is truth because it's always constant. If it's not constant, it's not truth. So the same truth that we have today about marriage is the same truth that Adam and Eve had. And that's what makes it truth. Because it never changed. If it changes, it ain't truth. And that's the key. Oh, you get me fired up. Hallelujah. Truth is not relative. Please, please understand that. So what I'm saying to finish, and I'll let Pastor Robin bring it up. I'm not saying don't pray for these people. I'm not saying, you know, throw out all the other scripture that says you're to love your neighbour as yourself. There are specific assignments within your friendships that because they have not yielded to God, the enemy has a pull and he will pull and pull and pull to erode your faith. So it's time to find out from the Holy Spirit who's a part of your 300. That's all I'm saying to you. Who's a part of your 300? It's a challenge because God is not going to bless anything but the 300. He's going to keep cutting them down. and You know, He says to them, I'm sorry, it's too many. It's too many people with you. And then he gets right to the motive of it. He says, because if those people go with you, they won't give me the glory. They'll say they did it. I'd rather have 300 people that know where the glory goes to than 22,000 that try to steal it for themselves. Right? And finally, before, before um, Pastor Robin comes up, back to Gideon. The last thing that I want to bring out is The attack of Gideon, very strategic, was in the night. It was when all of the, you know, um, 
usual things in front of the eyes were asleep. And so God is going to line you up with your 300 and then he's going to give you a strategy for a surprise attack. It's not going to be your usual strategy. Now catch what I'm saying. He's going to give you a night strategy, not a day strategy. A day strategy, the enemy is too aware of. But in the night, it says so much so that the Lord caused them to think that they, it, it actually, it says in the Bible that the uh, Midianites actually has, they have it, one of the Midianites is sitting in the camp talking with his friend and he's like, I had a dream. I had a dream and Gideon's coming and we're gonna be attacked. See, if you let God siphon out and give you a good separation and a good segregation, not a worldly segregation, the Lord can do half the work for you. You've been trying to fight a battle. You've been trying to get all of this, you know, um, kind of strategy. And all the Lord's saying is, let me show you your 300. Let me put you into battle. And then let me put you to sleep. And let me put your enemies to sleep. And let me cause the fear in their camp to be so big that they know the attack is coming. You don't have to try and convince them. And you don't have to try and convince, you know, yourself that you've won the battle. The Lord is so for you that He'll cause your enemies, He'll cause your enemies to hear the sound of your victory. But you can only get there when you're with the 300 that God has called you to. God bless. Amen. All right. Wow, that was pretty powerful, wasn't it? I don't need glasses because I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to tell you something that you need to be aware of. We talk about clarification. We're always having clarification. Well, when I was waiting on the Lord today, um, I said to the Lord, uh, so we still hear a lot of things going around in the prophetic circle. And uh, we always want them to lead somewhere and not just sort of be left up in the air. And we know that we have strategies that this church gets and each church gets strategies. And then I said to him, I said, so uh, your way is to come at it from a different angle than our way. What if I challenge you tonight and say that God wants to give messages to different churches for a reason. So down the road, they might be saying a different thing, but coming the same way. And we're always looking for that one word. So is the devil. Omnipresent, omnipresent. God is everywhere, but the devil is not. And because he's not, he has to go and see and send people here, there and everywhere. Demons here, there and everywhere because he can't be everywhere. You see, now if the church 
had this one narrative, except that one thing at the end, God's will will be done. Okay, devil, how's he going to get there? How's he going to get there? I've got to send a demon of this to check that one out. And I've got to send a demon of this to check that one out. And I've got to send a demon of this. Delusion. Erosion. I've got to send it because I can't be everywhere. No demon can be everywhere except God Almighty. Except God Almighty. So God says, I'll give this one a little bit of this and I'll give this one a little bit of this and a little bit of this. And the devil's behind saying, I, I want to get in front. I want to get in front. I got to get in front. I got to get this narrative going my way. But you see, I can't because I can't be everywhere. I can't be everywhere. So I got to... I've got to stay close. I've got to walk on the, um, what you call, the edge of what God's doing. I'm not going to stay back there. I want to be on the edge, right next to what's going on. He cannot know everything. And so he's watching everything. But God is everywhere. And so the Lord's strategy is to give a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there. And your problem is you want to know everything. And if you knew everything, you would be destroyed by him. And so rejection a lot of time has become your protection. Do you get this message, guys? You see, that's why God doesn't give prophets everything. Thank God. Thank God. I get what the Lord gives us for this church for the next move. And then I have to go to him again and get the next move. And then the next move. And what do you do? You got to go before him and get it confirmed in you. Do you understand? We work together like this. And so the other day I'm watching the news, the, the fake media, and I know it's fake all the way because their, their stand, their platform is against everything in the Word of God. Everything in the Word of God. Even their behaviour when they degrade somebody. I've never seen the Lord in all his wrath speak like that in the Word of God, ever. So I know where that came from, straight from the pit. But I want to tell you, I was watching the other day and a couple of, uh, you've probably seen it, and I've got to just say it like it is. And uh, Rudy and uh, the other girl, what's her name? Jana. And then you've got Sydney. I should know who that is. Sydney, that's where I came from. That's why I was born. Anyhow, what happened was I was watching each way that they handled the media. I'm going to say something to challenge you with what Pastor said tonight. We've got to be wise as serpent, 
and be as gentle as doves. Now, how do we do this? How do we do this? So I'm watching Rudy and he's from the old school. He's from the old school, you know, and he wants to decently talk to these people to help them to understand. And then he gets a bit irate in the end and says, this is ridiculous, you should know better. And then I looked at Sydney and she's pretty, she's pretty hot-tempered with what she's seen. But this Jenna, she's a new generation lady. And you know what? She had the will of God because she did not defend. She told them straight out, there'll be no, no questions. This is what we're telling you is happened. We're not telling you anything else. You receive this. You don't get anything else. Don't even try and push me to get anything else. This is our stand. Get behind. I'm the one that's telling you where the narrative's going. And I'm telling you, the Lord said to me, we can't be decent with demons. I said, that's true. We can't be decent with demons. The people are not demons, but that which is talking to them are very much demons. And so I went, so Lord, we can't like, you know, be nice and try to get people to understand. I didn't know you'd preach this, but you know, we can't do that, guys. We can't do that anymore. We can't. You leave them in the Lord's hands, but you're to go on. You're to go on. I mean, don't throw them to the dogs like Jezebel and don't hope that they go to hell. No one wants that. But what you do is you put them in the Lord's hands and you say, Lord, they're yours. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. And I've had to do that in my family. I've had to say it recently. Just recently I've had to say it. But I have to leave them. No. I, I've had to leave them in the Lord's hands and I pray for them. Lord, I remind you, I make mention of this to you, but I'm moving on. The train, I've jumped on and I'm going on. I'm not stopping at the station to wait for them to get on the train. And you see, this is the problem. This is the problem. The devil's been using it. He's been using it. He's been throwing God's Word back at us. But I want to tell you, you better interpret God's words by the Holy Spirit, not by the legal word of the law, because it doesn't work that way. Because I can give you a scripture that can stop you going and trying to contend for the gospel's sake. Don't cast your pearls before swine. How dare God say before swine? Because they're acting like swine. They're acting like swine. He said, don't take the precious things that I've given unto you that have brought life where there was death and give them to somebody like, a, like they'd behave like a pig. I've got to say it. The devil does not know, but God knows. 
God's everywhere. God's everywhere. He'll tell you. He will tell you how to behave, when to behave, who to behave with. He will tell you the devil has to speculate. And what's he speculate? On your character of before. Show him something different. Show him something different that he can't speculate on your character. Because your character's changing every single day. It's never the same. So he can't try and work out what's going on. He has to get on the side and watch and watch and watch. It's okay. It's okay. He can watch. But when God wants to deal with him, he's going to deal with him very quick. So we need to see we cannot be decent with the enemy. People that are listening to the devil, you can't. You have to leave them with the Lord. I've had to do the same thing in my family. Leave them with the Lord. I make mention of it continually. But I have to move on. I can't let the devil predict my behaviour by my behaviour of yesterday. i got to be changing every day, exchanging to interchange. I've got to be able to exchange my old for the new and therefore interchange inside what God is doing in me. So it's get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, so-and-so. If you're coming with me, follow me. I am not going to follow you. I'm not even going to walk beside you. I'm not even going to walk beside you. And this is a lie that the devil's been telling you. i got to walk beside them. No, I'm going to tell you the Bible clearly said, if they don't receive it, you're casting your pearls before swine. You have to leave them in the Lord's hands. God knows what he's doing. Leave them in the Lord's hands. But as for me and my house, we serve the Lord today. As for me and my house, and I, my words and my, my voice goes, if none go with me, still I'll follow. If none go with me, still I'll follow. I bring you back to a man who's a crusader. I call him the crusader for children. The price he's paying for this. I pray that it's not true, but if it's true, my God, he's paid a price. He's paid a price. And none of these children are his. None of these children that he's been saving are his. They're someone else's. But he's called to do that. You see, he's called to bring those. God shows him. But we're wasting time, guys. We're wasting time. We need to know 
that only the Lord knows. Only the Lord knows everything that's going on at the same time. And so therefore the church has been told things by the Lord that the devil gets surprised about. If he can't predict you, he'll be surprised about it. Don't let him predict you. Don't let him predict you from what you were yesterday. And the other message is don't speak decently to devils. Just like that young lawyer, she just told it like it was. I've seen so many wrestle and they are defamed and they are degraded, degraded by young reporters that come and stand and don't have honour for other people. You know, the Word of God says that you can't stand for things like that and stick to what the Word of God says. So it says to honour people and uh, especially the, other, the older ones, you're supposed to respect and honour them. And you get them and they start ranting and raving and you think, you are so disrespectful. You don't represent a God that I know who would not speak like that. You're representing the God you know. He's called Satan. By default, you follow him. So I want you to know tonight from the Lord, only God sees everything. So if you're getting clarified where the Lord's leading you, like I said last week, He was telling you there's a message for this house. And God is one step ahead of the devil. Every time, one step ahead of the devil because He can't predict the Lord. Do you know that? The devil can't predict the Lord. Oh, well, he's done it that way. Surely he's going to do that way again. That's where you get yourself mixed up. He never does it that way again. It's always got a new flavour to it. Behold, I do the same thing. Isn't that what he says? Behold, I do the same thing. I don't think so. Behold, I do a new thing. Devil, I do a new thing. That's got to be our declaration and our proclamation. So he is always behind you. Never in front of you. But guys, guess what? We know not to let him in front of us. But boy, are we walking beside him. Come on, I'll help you. If you are doing that, then their eyes are on you and not on Jesus. Their eyes are on you and not on Jesus. You know, that's one of the signs of a false prophet, turning someone to the person instead of to the Almighty God. Be careful. That's a dangerous area to play around in. The Lord wants you tonight to know this. 
that he sees everything and he will tell people accordingly. The devil doesn't see everything, so he's got to send out his hordes of hell to watch, imitate and study and strategize and do everything. So we need to be a people that are not decent with the devil. We're not defending ground, guys. We're not defending one bit of ground. I'm taking ground. I'm not defending any ground. My ground is already there waiting. I'm going after more. I'm going after more. And the Lord's giving us a rebirth of a nation. He's giving us a rebirth. This is not a new birth. This is a rebirth of what should have been done in the first place. It was a plan that God had. The original plan has to be rebirthed again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Reformation, a rebirth of the original plan, but a new way. You hear the Word of the Lord? So every day you got to see this world as something new because it wasn't the same as yesterday and is not the same as yesterday. And by the way, <laughs> that famous word that we always say, Donald Trump isn't the same as yesterday either. As he's had a little shake and a little quake and a little wake. And that's good. That's good because we have to get our eyes back on Jesus. And as much as I, I support Him, He's not my Saviour. He will never be my Saviour. But He will be my President. But He will never, ever be my Saviour. I have one Saviour. His name is Jesus Christ the Lord. So I don't have a problem with his personality because whatever God wants to crush, he'll crush. Whatever he wants to get his foot out of his mouth, he'll do it. He'll do it because I've seen him do some things with people that uh, in my life, they're very much like that, putting foots in their mouth all the time. And I've seen God take the feet out of the mouth, okay? I've seen him do it. And so therefore, my, my trust is in the Lord because He sees everything and He's everywhere. That's why I can trust Him. Do you know that? Do you know why you can trust the Lord? Because He's everywhere at all times. Devil just has to get there. Demons have to get there. They're not there at all times. They have to be assigned the devil has to be assigned with his demons. But God, he's there. He's there when I wake up in the morning and he's there when I go to sleep and he's there when I wake up in the morning and he's with me all the night through, all the night through. And he is the one I can trust. So I want to tell you from the Lord tonight, you know, stop listening to the media, They're in, their behaviour is indecent. Don't be decent within people who are indecent. Turn it off. Turn it off. 
because go back to God because he's everywhere. He's the best source of information, the best source of news you can have. So allow that to happen. And maybe like that young attorney, start declaring this. We're not arguing. We're not going any further. You don't like it. Don't follow me. But not going to get in front of me and you're not walking beside me. But if you want to see what I see, get behind me and I'll lead you. I'll lead you. Stay in my shadow. Don't try and make a shadow of your own that I need to come in. Why don't we both come into the shadow of the Almighty? You, all this debating and all this arguing and all this analysing, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Just let him cut off. Let him do whatever he wants to do to give us that Gideon's army in your life. And know it's the best thing for you. Why? Because he's everywhere at all times. You know, just for those that would say, and we'll address it in portals, but just for those that would say that are watching online, when we when Pastor talked about Donald Trump and the media and being indecent and well, there will be people out there that would say, Well, what about Donald Trump? He's indecent. I bring you back to the scripture. When David had the opportunity to speak and take the kingdom into his own hand, he had the opportunity to speak against the Lord's anointed. And he said, who am I to take and to harm God's anointed? Whether you like it or not, God has given that man the authority and the position that he is in. And if anyone speaks against him, the Lord holds them. Let's get to the truth of this. More accountable than He holds Donald Trump for his weakness with a foot in the mouth disease. And you have to understand that is the dynamic of God. And you know why? His foot in His mouth is a weakness. This is the key. His foot in His mouth is a weakness. But yours is deliberate. Yours is deliberate sin. Yours is deliberate. It's the not a deliberate. weakness. And this is the same with any kind of situation. Another narrative. If a child is being, you know what? This is the dynamic of the kingdom. But you've got to understand how God works. If a child is in a house where the mother is verbally abusing that child, and maybe, you know, putting a kind of lifestyle on that child that's abusive, God still requires the child to honour the mother. He doesn't say, well, because your mum said, you know, you're a failure and a hater and because she's, you know, because you've done all this stuff, you know, I'll let you say whatever you want about her. No, that is not the dynamic of the Kingdom. The Lord says, I gave your mother that position And if you honour it, even in the midst of persecution and abuse, I will honour you. But if you try to take it into your own hands and put your mouth on a position that I've given that person, you are held at more account than the person. Again, 
because the mother's acting that way because her mother acted that way. Because it's a lifestyle, a cycle of abuse. It's a root. It's not a willful thing. But not, if it's willful, it's not deliberate sin. It's if not, it's willful, that's when the Lord says, "No, no, no, no. This is rebellion." You you can agree to disagree, no, you have to but you must not willfully sin. This is the key. You must not willfully sin. The scriptures clearly say. So I'm telling you tonight, if you have said anything like that, especially to the President of the United no. States via your own comments, then you need to repent. Yep. You need to repent. You really do. I know that when I was, uh, when, Biden, when, uh, when Obama was in, no. my God, did I have to repent? Yep. I did, and I did, and I tried, and I was able to pray for him and pray God into the situation. And we but never spoke about him in a way not my kingdom, that was derogatory God. from this platform. Guys, this is not my kingdom. This is not my plan. I can't say how it works out, and neither can you. You don't get to say how God brings about His kingdom. You only get to be a part of it. So just repent, repent. So God can use you. Just repent. That's all the Lord asks of us, to repent. So yeah. do that. There's so many instances in Scripture to sum this up, when Miriam said about her brother, I can hear just like he can. Boom, she gets leprosy. When Korah struck up a rebellion amongst the Israelites to the point where he was saying, Moses isn't the only one that can hear from God. We hear just like he hears. The Lord opened up the ground and swallowed all of Korah and his descendants, women and children. This is how, how crucial God takes when you honour what He's put in place. See, God doesn't, it's not about honouring the person. It's about honouring what God has put in place. Because by saying that, you're saying, Lord, I'll trust You that You know better than me than even against my own intellect, my own understanding, my own emotions, my own financial situation, my own reproductive rights, my own narrative. I'll trust that You know better for me than myself. And to touch that, and I know better, You know better for the church. You know better for the church. And so... Uh, I'm glad and to give a good report about the prophetic and how it was flinging here, there and everywhere. Now God's got a hold of it. And even though those messages are coming from different places, they're heading to the same Amen. place, to the same place. God took a hold of this wild thing that was going on and He's brought it into line and brought it into order. 
And now, I don't know about you, but I stand back in the last week or two and just watch him how he turned it around. And now it's heading in the direction that God wants it to. And I think that our God is capable of looking after his own kingdom. Amen. So I want you to give God the glory. Amen. That he's everywhere. All the time, omnipresent, yes, Lord. never missing, always there, always there, never ever late, never too early, always there. You know why he's not late? You know why he's late? Because he's always there. Father God, we just thank you right now, Lord, that you have brought us to a place where once we were known, just like Gideon, by a name that Lord kept us undercover. But now what you're doing in the remnant is too important. You're saying it's time to take the lid off. It's time to remove the blinders. I call you Gideon, mighty men of valour. That's the name that others need to know you by now and everything that that comes with. So Lord, I just ask for godly discernment, Lord, as we go through our week, Lord, there are going to be things that You reveal to us. Lord, there's going to be people. There's going to be, Lord, pathways and contacts, Lord, that You're going to say, these are not a part of the 300 that I've called. And Lord, we need to know, Lord, how to release them into Your hands. Because we trust You with them greater than we trust ourselves with them. And Lord, we need to come to the confession that we trust You with us greater than we trust us with us. And Lord, we might say it with our mouth, but really to believe it and to walk it out in our hearts, it's a process. So like Pastor has just, Lord, um, caused us to be encouraged by, Lord, You are everywhere. Lord, You're omnipresent. You see all things. In a crowd of 10,000, You don't miss a thing. And so we ask, Lord, that we would not be thrown off by the enemy's speculation of what we used to be, how we used to think, how we used to, I'm going to be real, kick it with this person. All of those things, Lord, have to go because you're taking us to a level, you're taking us to a place, Lord, that has to require total, total holiness, Lord. I do. Because mm. this is the word of the Lord. It has to be a point of difference in your life now. You've been allowed to walk for so long when mm. the person you thought was like-minded, just familiar is a better word to say, not like-minded, just familiar with a few things that you have in common. Like-mindedness comes to a point one side or the other. Who's on the Lord's side? That's like-mindedness. Yep. So there is a point of difference that every single person must come to. This is where the crossroads come. I can't walk with you anymore. I can't walk with you anymore because you are not like-minded with me. Yeah, you could even be my mum, you could Trust be my dad, you could be my brother, you could be my sister, you could be my son, my daughter, uh, my best friend, my anything. But 
we're not like-minded in this. And so the point of difference has come. This is where I say, I'm in this world, but not of it. You're of this world. And just, I'm not. I'm waiting. I'm going to a better place. You're trying to make this a better place. But this place is going to fade away compared to the glory of God. There's a better world coming and a better, better heaven. Not even God's going to be happy with the heaven he's got. He's making a better heaven. <laughs> you get it? You get it? Oh, yeah. I got too much work to do in this world. Uh, I tell you what, since I've come to America, I've learned uh, not to fall in love with this world, not to fall in love with it. Do what I need to do. Be what I need to be. Love where I am with the people I've got, but not make myself a part of this world. Go ahead, Pastor. Pastor just wanted me to sing this song. He wrote this song, and I, I believe I it'll be the word of the Lord for you. We haven't heard it. Because there is a point of difference. There is a change marked by God's love. And now I walk with Jesus, the victory's already won. There is a light that guides my path, led by His grace and mercy I can overcome. I'm set apart and made brand new. Jesus, my point of difference is you. Living in a world without hope Trying to find the solution You have called me out And stationed me in truth You've given me purpose and promise the world see that you are the answer and in your name they will be saved yes, there is a point of difference there is a change marked by God's love now I walk with Jesus the victory's already there is a light that guides my path Led by His grace and mercy I can overcome I'm set apart made brand new Jesus, my point of difference is You Separated for you, 
I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Cause Jesus, my point of difference. I'm set apart. Come on, everybody, stand, sing this bit. If you agree with it, I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Jesus, my point of difference is set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Jesus, I point of difference. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Jesus, my point of difference is you. Come on, let everybody sing it. Please, we should sing it often. We're getting the reality. I'm set apart, separated for you. 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 Jesus, I'm point of difference is you. Okay, let's sing that. Would you get there, please? Come on. I want you to get this. There's a point of difference. You've been separated by the Lord and that point of difference will come up. It will come up. And you keep it down all the time and hope, you know, they're going to come through. Nobody wants them to come through more than Jesus wants them to come through. And by you getting out of the way and maybe letting them fall if they have to fall so that He can pick them back up. Because if you keep picking them up, you're going to keep... But if Jesus picks them up, they don't have to be picked up again. Come on. Just see, I'm set apart. Come on. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Set apart, separated for you. Jesus, my point of difference. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Jesus, I'm point of difference. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Jesus, I'm point of difference. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, tell yourself for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Jesus, my point of difference. So, you said, 
You gave steps. I'm giving one step. One step. Put out the point of difference. See where it leads. I can't go with you any further on this. That's what it is. Hear me out, please, everyone. I can't go any further with you on this journey because I have a point of difference. I'm going all the way with Jesus. I can't have me follow you or you change what I'm following after. So there's a point of difference. The line's been drawn. I can't cross over. I can't cross over. I'm going ahead. And then you leave them in the Lord's hands. There's no better place to leave them than in Jesus' hands. I was left in Jesus' hands. I'm sure at some stage in your walk, you were left in Jesus' hands. The challenge, I'm sure you were. Come on, Pastor, sing it. Because I walked with Jesus, the victory's already won. There is a light that guides my path. Led by His grace and mercy, I can overcome. I'm set apart and made brand new. Jesus, my point of I think we need to get this revived. I think we need to get this song revived. Come on, everybody, put your hands up. I'm set Set. apart, yeah. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Jesus, my point of difference. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Cause Jesus, my point of difference. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. I'm set apart, separated for you. Jesus, my point of So the Lord would say unto you, as we finish, ask me about the point of difference in every conversation, in every relationship. And let me show you the point of difference. Let me show you, says the Lord. My children, let me show you the point of difference in every relationship and every conversation. And that will lead to every action and every belief system. It will just fall over into everything. God bless you guys. Amen, Father, we just thank you for this service. We seal it with the blood of Jesus. We thank you that what has been said tonight will land and find good fruit good soil and will produce, Lord, all that you've called it to produce. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in Talk New York. 
We know, Lord, we're not prideful, Lord. We're not, Lord, haughty. We consider it a privilege and an honour, Lord, to be part of Your remnant, Lord, to be a part, Lord, of that governing body, the Ecclesia, Lord, the legislative body. And so we just thank You, Lord, that You've set us apart. You've separated us for You. If you're watching online and you don't know if you have a point of difference in your life, maybe you don't know if you've been set apart. The only way you can be set apart is to invite Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Saviour. And so we encourage you right now to pray this prayer. Pray this prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. Ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart and to begin taking Lordship of your life. You might not know what that looks like and that's okay. Let the Lord teach you time. In time, you'll understand it's a process. But this step of faith, the step of activation is to confess with your mouth. The Scripture says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe that He is Lord, then it shall be done. And if you confess before others, He'll confess you before His Father. So I want you to pray this prayer. It's coming up on your screen. Say, Father God, And you guys can pray so that they don't feel intimidated. Father God, I ask You to forgive me of all my sins and wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again to give me life with You. Lord Jesus, come and live in my heart and fill me with Your Spirit. Let me have true communion with You that is not based on performance or religion, but total intimacy. I believe in You, Jesus, and I now thank You that I am saved. In Jesus' Name, Amen. If you prayed that prayer and it's your first time, We want to connect with you. We want you to get in a good Bible-based church, a good Spirit-filled church. If you can't be with us, find somewhere in your location that's, you know, Spirit-filled, Bible-believing, Bible-thumping, as they would say. Get connected. But we want to help you on that journey of salvation. So please reach out to us. Our chat moderators, our team are putting links in the chat now to help you um, have resources on how to get connected. For those that are here, we bless you. May God be with you. Make His face shine upon you. Bring you back together again in this assembly so that we can worship and declare the goodness of our God and that He and He alone is unrivaled in Jesus' Name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless. Thank you for being online. We love you. Um, I know you'll be challenged in everything you've heard tonight. But it's a good challenge. God bless you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Torque Message of the Week. We hope you were encouraged by this message and stirred to make this more than just words, but a reality. If you've been impacted by what was shared, why not go ahead and share it with someone who you know needs to hear it? You can get the latest episodes of this podcast by subscribing via Spotify, Apple, or our Torque app. Need to rewatch this message again? Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check out torquetv.org for more amazing content. 
We thank you for your generous support and prayers. And if you would like to contribute to our ministry, please visit torque.org forward slash give. From all of our leaders and team, we love you, are praying for you, and believing for you every step to be aligned with Him and His Spirit this week. Until next time, God bless. If this is your first time accepting Jesus, we would love for you to get in touch with us so we can walk alongside you in taking your next steps in faith. There is so much that God wants to do in your life to show his goodness and love, and our team is ready and willing to connect you and partner with you on your journey. Visit torque.org contact to speak to someone today. It is our joy to partner with you and see Jesus become real, relevant, and relational in every part of your life.